welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Uh, yes, I am. Hello. 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 What are we doing yes. this week? So, with our random word generator still down after two and a bit weeks, um, let's how go dare, back into what3words.com. How, how dare this unpaid service <laughs> that has existed on the internet for God knows how long just disappear on us like that? Uh, no, as Trevor said, Can't we're, going to, <laughs> we're going to use what3words.com, which if you weren't listening last week- is a site that has split the planet up into three meter square squares. Square squares. Uh, square squares. And, and assigned three words to each of those three meter square squares. Uh, you know, the idea being that you can call emergency services or something and easily tell them where you are without uh, having to give an address or latitude or longitude. But uh, for us, it means we can have an endless, potentially endless source of random word prompts for our video games. Mm-hmm. So, Trevor, where are we getting words from this week? This week, we are getting words from random places around the world. I've chosen Iceland, and you have chosen- I have chosen the site of our old high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, which senior no campus exists. or junior campus? The junior campus, yeah, the one that's it's gone. It's just they it's gone. It. They destroyed it. Okay, but, uh, fond memories. So, what uh, three prompts, Ben? Yeah, my three prompts are comets, sprints, nibbling. Okay, so first thing c- that comes to mind mm-hmm. is a sentient comet okay. going through space, sprinting, nibbling. Doing all those sort of things. Okay, I uh, I like this. Sp- I like obviously the space angle. Comet makes sense there. Uh, I was sort of thinking that comet could be like the name of a pet or something, but maybe you have a pet comet. Maybe this is like huge godlike beings with. <laughs> yeah. Well, the second that you said comet as a pet, my mind just immediately went to Full House. I'm like, okay, so Did they have a pet, a pet dog called Comet. Okay. Um, um, there's also one of Santa's reindeer, right? Comet? Yeah. Um, okay. What if we took this as, like, in in the world, like, Halley's Comet actually goes a lot closer to Earth. Okay. So, it sort of flies, across when it flies across the sky every 70-something years. Yeah. Like- it, takes, it takes a little nibble of the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Strips a little bit. Um, either either that or it's basically like every 70 years, um, people believe that, you know, God has returned sort of thing and he, he exists as a sort of fiery thing in the sky. Okay. So, this is this is Haley, Haley's Comets, Haley's Comets <laughs> sprint across the sky mm-hmm. every uh, 70 years or whatever. Okay. And, and so, we're sort of saying that this- is a world where they are worshipping this comet. It's completely based around um, the coming, the every 70 years, the coming of the the, the smear through the sky, the light, the day star, no, the night sun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like the day star. <laughs> but isn't that just the sun? <laughs> yeah. But there's just something about it that actually sounds better than day star the night too. sun. <laughs> 
<laughs> day streak. The day streak. The uh yeah, so okay, so um that's a that's a good enough that's a good setting. Yeah. Uh what's the game? Do we play a character perhaps who is this someone who has never seen like they, because they could be. If, I don't. We we could look it up, but it, let's say it's, it is every seventy years. This could be a fifty-year-old who's never seen it, right? Yeah. Um. Or or a seventy-year-old, but like, it it could be them sort of exploring this world with all these people who are t- say, you know, who have who are talking about it and worshiping it, and they're mm-hmm. que- you know, this is their them questioning it essentially. Like well, the el- the elders it. have said that when I was a kid, you know, or whatever it was. You know, when I was twenty years old, I I saw the I saw the god streak across the sky. Yeah, it's that's what it is. It's God streaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just his dick <laughs> flowing across the sky. God, it they burns do, your they, retina. That's why. Go, that's yeah, why there's a streak across the sky. You can't stare directly at God's dick. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Avert your eyes from God's dick. <laughs> He's doing his his every seventy year nudie run. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh god! But, but this person, um, this guy, let's just call him Daily. Dan Daly. Dan Daly. Dan Daly. <laughs> This is like some sort of strange tribe. This is like thousands of years in the future. Um, yeah, yeah. And everything's weird and, and different. Dandily, uh, he does not believe that this is a thing. He's like, well, I'm not even sure I believe that God has a penis. What if God is a woman? What uh, if God doesn't exist and it's just a construct of- Well, no, don't be stupid, Trevor. Of course God exists. Like, we all know that. But they, why would they streak across the sky- and get their junk out. Every 75 to 76 years. Yeah. Uh, Trevor looked it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is this person then, are they seeking, is this like a, a spiritual journey for this person? Like, they've been, they've been brought up in this world where, you know, everyone's been telling them, like, when you are 63, around 63 years old- you will see, you will get to see. If you live to 63, you will see the day streak. You will see the God streak. And Do we want to make him a little bit younger then? Uh, As in- Well, it just depends on how- Yeah, yeah, it could be. Like, maybe he's in his- Like, 30s. they could be in their 30s and it's happening in the next 20, 20 days or something like that. Oh, I, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm just thinking of, like, some people will wait their entire lives to see this, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't even know if they, like, I don't even know if we show it in the, like, I think it's still decades away when they're searching for it. It's just more them, you know, they've gotten to a point in their life. Essentially, they're having a midlife crisis. <laughs> and part of that is questioning essentially their religion. Um, mm-hmm. but it's this, yeah, it's this, they call it the God's pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> And it gets larger every every time it comes it gets by. Larger every time. Uh, he's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> or she. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I'm gonna so, click my own. <laughs> I think let's uh, move on from the God's Pain universe. I don't know where your mind is tonight. Like it's <laughs> look. We, we've just finished our improv. We just had our improv class. <laughs> We're all punchy uh, and worked up. So you know, God's Pain will return. We'll come back to that world. I'm sure. But let's okay. move on for now. What we have is peered kicks slyness. Peered as in double E or I E? Double E. Peered kicks slyness. Okay. Is this like a either? So my mind went to, I was looking, thinking around kicks. It's either like a sports drama sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Sort of thinking slyness and your peers or like, so like maybe soccer or football or a like martial art sort of setting with kicks and stuff too. Okay. Um, I mean, I saw slyness and my, my mind couldn't get away from uh, Sly Fox or whatever that thing Sly was. Sly Cooper? From- yeah, Sly Cooper. Okay. It's- Is this- uh, This is taking the Sly Cooper away from the stealth action game into a very sort of Nintendo-ish sports game, right? Like, take those characters, yep. bring them into a sports game. Uh but then we when we figure out how they utilize their different skills. So what what type of sports game are we are we doing Olympic games or are we doing kind of like what they do a lot of or are we taking this like to the X games so you've got a lot of extreme sports. Well, it's got to have kicks in it, right? Um I mean, so, skateboarding has kick flips. Yeah, we could that's fine. Good. There you go. You made the link. Perfect. <laughs> I w- actually, I would love to see a skateboarding a Tony, a Tony Hawk slash Sly Cooper mashup because he's got that hook, right? Uh, I was, I was going to say, did, did you want to see a skateboarding fighting game? Um, so you do you're sort of fighting Ooh. each other with with skateboards. Are we still doing Sly Cooper? Oh, well, we can add that in. Yep, he, he's a DLC. <laughs> I don't know there's just so many different ways that we could take this. <laughs> is this a sequel to that uh the playstation battle royale like all-stars game that was just like random weird characters from playstation's library um <laughs> fighting each other that went nowhere <laughs> no story mode it's just oh look and here comes solid snake and <laughs> uh he comes characters either. from no, Tekken was, or something like yeah that. <laughs> no it was uh kratos Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, Sackboy. A car from Gran Turismo. Spike from <laughs> Ape Escape. That would have been <laughs> A big daddy from Bioshock. It was just like random shit. Um, that's bizarre. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. What I was thinking, I like the skateboarding aspect and I like the Sly Cooper side of that because he's got the big hook. So, because I'm, I'm thinking you've- you're grinding from the top and the bottom then. Like, you can be grinding on a skateboard and then, like, jump and then hook your hook over a pipe that's above and you're, like, mm. sliding, sort of grinding down that way too. So, you're sort of adding this extra move set. Um, but you've got to be very careful because you, you can very easily lose the skateboard because it's not, like- or, or is it? Is it snowboard-esque attached to your feet? So, at all times, like, mm, mm. when when you- do I kickflip somewhat? You're actually, you know, sort of taking your feet up and 
and you've always got them connected to the to the skateboard. Yeah, well, I think uh, who is it? The turtle um, who does gadgets and stuff, uh, Bentley. I think that he maybe you even get upgrades as you go. Like, hmm. it, it, this is perhaps more of a even like a Metroidvania-ish skateboard Sly Cooper game because why not? <laughs> <laughs> and every now and again, you just got to collect the letters S K A T E, and then yeah, like collect the secret tape and and um. Well, we had those in floating like floating dollar bills, and- little Easter eggs. I mean, he is sly. He like he's he's a thief. So yeah, definitely collecting dollar bills makes sense. Uh, and random VHS tapes because you know they could be valuable. Yeah, depends what's on the tape. It could be a long lost pilot of Starship Tinko. <laughs> <laughs> classic sci-fi Australian sci-fi show um, that everyone knows about. Yep. Yeah, anybody in Australia does. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> um, I like the idea that um, as you're going through the levels, um, there's all these like hidden objectives. That mm-hmm. if you find, you know, um, wall ride in this particular location, and you know it, it ticks it off. And it's sort of like that, that sort of, um, Tony Hawk's esque idea that you got to mark off as many things as you can throughout the level. In a time limit? Uh, not necessarily in a time limit, just as you're playing through the level, you must mark off at least, you know, 20% of the goals or whatever it is. Well, now, okay, now what that's made me think of, maybe instead of a Metroidvania, this is a Sly Cooper skateboarding RPG and that's your side quests, right? Cause I'm thinking sort of ticking off. Side quests, uh, and maybe a side quest is literally just like grind on 30 rails in this area. <laughs> um, but then you get a little story bit at the end. It's like your biggest fan, this little tiny raccoon who's like, Yeah, Sly Cooper, you did it. You're a skateboarding champion of the world. Like, I did it all for you, kid. <laughs> Thanks. And then you What's your name? Terrence. Okay. Thanks, Terrence. Um, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll sign your mask. I was going to go with shell, but they said it was a raccoon, not a turtle. Uh, <laughs> no, I could do. I could go. I could. I could go a Sly Cooper skateboarding RPG because then you do have Bentley like doing your your level ups and stuff. And for you know, I think you're leveling up your gadgets and and, and yep. your skateboard and stuff more than you're leveling up yourself. Yeah. Uh, Basically, throughout the whole thing, you're not. Um, you've got the same health pool, but you, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you're never actually leveling yourself up, but, um, it's just the gadgets determine whether you can, you know, grind for, you know, 20 minutes <laughs> compared to <laughs> the 20 seconds that you start off with. Yeah, totally. It's whether you can infinitely manual <laughs> to keep a combo going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how cool would that be? Like you're going through a level and you're, and you're doing all this combat, like, um, Shooting and all this sort of stuff, and you've got to keep the combo going. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Skateboarding off people's heads, bouncing from one to the next into a grind, into a hook slide, into a, you know, smash through a window, steal a gem. And then, you know, if you land, if you land that combo at the end, you know, the score obviously goes through the roof because you've, you've, you know, knocked out three people while, you know, Grinding, yeah, grinding some doing um, Christ air. 
Well, no, the, the, the skateboard's attached to your feet, so it's really hard to actually That's do true. that. Christ, yeah. But you can just, you can do lots of well, lots no, of jumps you know, and flips and th- shit. This is the thing: it can't be attached to your feet because then how are you going to do key flips and stuff? Maybe it's you've you've just got like magnetic boots. Oh, that you can, can like, flick off and you can flick off and on as part of the trick. I don't think you'd actually make it like a manual thing. No, uh, that the player has to do because that would get pretty nuts. Although you could, like, you could have it as an attack where you like kick your board out and then you hold the button to pull it back. Oh, that'd, like, be, that'd be freaking amazing! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do a roundhouse kick and you and your skateboard sort of goes boomeranging <laughs> off, and then you you know you hold down a button that yeah. comes back and you jump back on and continue the combo. You, like do a backflip, it like attaches to your feet in midair and then you land it. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. Why hasn't someone made this already? Go, go, go make I mean, it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's obvious that you need to make a skateboarding Sly Cooper RPG. Like, how is this not on the tip of everyone's <laughs> tongue that this I is know. the next major triple A game to be made? Oh, God. Like, could you imagine, like, what ray tracing would bring to this? Or even like a, like a beautiful cartoon shader or something like that. Oh, yeah. Really yeah, tune that- it up and. I'd I'd like to see a really like high def PS5 tune shader, you know, a, a really nicely done tune shader in that sort of resolution because I feel like it it works 8K. really well. It works really well in in low lower poly as well because it kind of gives it that cartoony look. But if you can really make it look like kind of hand we're talking we're talking now. millions of vertices, <laughs> definitely. All okay, right. Ben. Yeah. What three prompts? Uh, so from, uh, what I seem to recall is probably the canteen, uh, that I used to buy too many banana lollies from. It is quotas, combustion handlebars. Say that again. <laughs> quotas? Yep. Combustion. Ooh, yep. Handlebars. Okay. So handlebars and. You know, it sort of brings me to, to like a motor motorbikey sort of thing. <laughs> Do you know where I went with handlebars? Well, I took it in two different, di- two different directions. <laughs> yes, but not just mustaches. But then you're also you have a handlebar mustache, but you're on a penny farthing because that's for the <laughs> style, the handlebar mustache and the handlebars on the thing. Um, nice, I love it. A rocket powered penny farthing. <laughs> <laughs> so is this guy sort of like i mean the guy that i'm picturing is like this classy (laughs) british gentleman with a handlebar mustache and monocle and he's just like holding on for dear life (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) basically it won't stop (laughs) (laughs) it's an endless it's an endless runner (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> you just have to not You're dodging shit. shit. <laughs> um, I like okay, I like this as an endless runner, but not in the traditional, just like moving in one direction, occasionally turning sense. This is an endless runner in a three D world. Yes, in a three D world <laughs> where you are just dodging stuff. It's effectively what you what you do in like Grand Theft Auto, where you where you're bored, so you just. Jump and you just keep on going. Yeah. Uh, the difference is that if you start to stop, um, you know, then it becomes very wobbly. 
and you fall off. <laughs> and that is the end of yeah. your run sort of thing. You break, you know, the whole idea well, okay, is to keep the okay. speed going. You don't so know how to you- get down off the penny farthing. <laughs> That's it. You don't know how to get down. You need help, and no one's around. So you're just going to fall and hurt yourself if you, if it stops. If, if this is rocket powered, though, why? Like, is it that it runs out of fuel? Are you having to keep getting fuel so Ooh. that you don't fall because you know you're going to hurt yourself? But you also don't. You like you just have to keep going. Yeah, uh, there's got to be a reason why you can't stop. Yeah, like. So think of that, and once you once you think of that, come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a pin in it, and at the end of the episode, uh, no, I think I mean it could just be an endless like just it could just be this rocket, like it could just be a, an engine on it that's powering it forward without a- explanation. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing that you really don't want to head into the city too much because if you head into the city, then you got to deal with like um, stoplights and all that sort of stuff. And when you when you're in a rocket powered ship going across like busy streets. Like that you, is tricky. You could get knocked off quite easily. So I guess do when when is this set? Is this current day and this person's just like a hipster? Or is this set sort of a couple hundred years ago? And so the car- Oh no, it's, it's, it's set car- current day. Okay, because I was thinking that you could make like the cars wouldn't be as fast and you might have like some cars, some horse and carriages on the roads. <laughs> like but when, you, when you start off the scientist. game, like when you start off the game, you start in, in, like, that time period, but you've just been riding for so long that eventually, like, <laughs> technology catches up. I mean, that could be the levels, I guess. You're just riding forever, and it literally goes, like, decades into the future every time, and the, the environments change. Oh, and, and you got a little hungry meter, and you got to, like, go through, like, the drive through <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't now, slow that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do We do need a goal, I feel like. Or, or is this something like- Is this kind of like Goat Simulator or something where it's just a sandbox and you can just do funny shit as you drive past things? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, I think that's- um, It's all about points because, I mean- Yeah. Goat Simulator was pretty much like a, a Tony Hawk's clone for- For, um, well, goats. For goats. But, um- I think a penny farthing, um, Tony Hawk's slash endless runner that, you know, you slow down, you fall off, but the idea is keep that combo going. (laughs) Anthony Hawk's penny farthing (laughs) (laughs) underground. (laughs) Anthony Hawk's pro pro farthing. Uh, is our challenge tonight now to make every game a Tony Hawk inspired uh, <laughs> game? No, but I do kind of like that idea of just like, yeah, the random stuff and, and sort of like Goat Simulator, there's just different little Easter eggs and e- different things around the world. So, yeah, there is a drive through that you can go through and like, but to actually get fed, you have to go through it twice because the first time or three times because you have to like- Yell your order out as you go past, and then pay your yep. money the next time, and then get your food and then, the co- then collect your collect your food. Yeah, yeah, um. uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> Just like you can like put your legs out, put your arms out at any point to to like grab onto things and pivot around them. <laughs> Could be fun. Around the lamppost, or someone's head. Okay, so Anthony Hawk. Uh, he's one of your characters. What what are some of the other characters that can be 
potentially riding the, riding this rocket powered um, penny farthing. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> it doesn't have to be pro skate. It's just come up with some funny names. Uh, I was trying to think of like people who ride BMX bikes, and the only one I could think of is the guy in the UK named Ben Slinger, uh, <laughs> who like shows up in Google searches when you search Ben Slinger. Uh, so there you go. That's one. <laughs> Matt Hoffman. <laughs> that's the one. He's the one who had the actual BMX game, right? Yes. Anyway, Matt Hoffman's okay. BMX or Matthew whatever. Hoffingman. <laughs> uh, they have to be like the fancy names. Uh, and then you've got- you know, So is it Anthony Hawkington then? Anthony Hawkington's pro-farthing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anthony, Anthony Hawks, Hawksworth. <laughs> Esquire. <laughs> oh God! Now, uh, now and I then, just and then, for, and then you've got Shrek, like as an unlockable character. Oh yeah, of- Shrek, uh, Doctor Strange, um, like Darth just Maul. yeah, Darth throw them all Maul. in there. <laughs> Darthington Mole. <laughs> Darthington Mole the second of the Chesterton Moles. And then, I don't know, for some reason, Blackout is in there. Okay, uh, my three words for this next game. Chandelier, shaded, mewing. Mm. M-E-W-I-N-G. Like, meow. Okay. Meow. Meow. Shaded chandelier. Yep. Um, Okay. I mean, presumably something with a cat. Yes. Now, it's, it's whether your character is going around, like- Installing, <laughs> installing chandeliers, installing chandeliers. With, his, with his pet cat. Um, oh, that could be a nice story. Chandelier installation person and their pet cat who yeah. likes to jump on chandeliers and destroy them. <laughs> chandelier cat, chandelier cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just singing Postman Pat but with chandeliers. <laughs> right, okay. I didn't quite get that. And shading, is that just around like- the art it's, style, perhaps. No, let's just take it instead of shaded. It's shady, so they're they're installing shady uh, chandeliers. That oh, you know, shady chandeliers. They're not up to scratch. <laughs> yeah. scratch because of the cat. Yeah, of course. Um, does he send in the cat? So the first part of the level is you playing the cat that has to try and get in and knock down the the good chandelier. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you you come in and go oh. The chandelier bandits have been back again. I I just so happen to have like this exact model of chandelier in in my truck. Would you like me to install it for you? And then you've got like the installation side Mini of things. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you, you can either do it that way, or or it can just be a heartwarming story of of this this guy who's going around and just shadily. Um, Breaking to people's houses, installing chandeliers, and so that when they wake up, they go, Where, where'd this chandelier come from? Just like a chandelier elf. <laughs> and then he knocks on their door and go, do you have any chandeliers that you need cleaning? <laughs> installs expensive chandeliers so that he can make like a few bucks cleaning them. Um, and I'm they're dirty. Sure. <laughs> well, he has to install them dirty. Yeah, but also they were still very valuable chandeliers, so he still hasn't quite got the economics of it worked out. Uh, all right, no, let's 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 pivot slightly because I feel like 
we can do something else with this. Uh-huh. Is this is chandelier more about just the 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 setting where it's in some sort of fancy place that has like a ballroom with a giant chandelier or whatever, right? Okay, yep. Someone who works there perhaps, and then they have the cat. Um, yep. So it's not directly related to the chandelier, or like they're trying to steal something from this place, perhaps. Ooh, cat I kind of, I can't, I kind of like the idea of them being like a um, Mister Filch sort of character from the from the. Series that shall not be named, uh, with the Mrs. Norris. Um, yep. yeah, we all know that we all know the thing. We don't, we don't like the, um, yeah, we don't talk about Volder Turf. Yep. <laughs> talk Turf at Mort. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, but e- either way, um, yeah. just the idea of this crotchety old guy and you, you're sort of, um, you're playing him. He hates everyone, but loves his cat. Okay. And cleans this place. And like, cleans this that, place. You know, he's like, the caretaker. Like you know, he's- Yeah, the caretaker. Yeah. And effectively, you can show, like, whether it's a caretaker at a school or something like that. It doesn't have to be magic. Like, I just like the idea of this crotchety old guy who's, you know, you can sort of go deep into why he's so crotchety. Maybe like a theatre, because then they might have, like, a big chandelier- Yeah. In the sort of- in this theatre. Okay. So, the, the theatre is- is putting on a performance of Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Because in, like, if you've never seen it- like, Are you in sure the, it's not Cats? No, no, no. It's got to be Phantom <laughs> of the Opera because in the intermission, there's a massive chandelier that comes down and uh, swings across the across the audience okay. and stuff. So, I that's where that comes that. from. Um, but then, you know, I'm just imagining- you, ha- you have to keep it clean. You have to you have to take care of this thing. And there's there's people out there who just don't take care of this, of you this know, theater. of this theater, of this, you know, of all the props of of the chandelier. You know, you're you're having to to sort of have conversations with your cat, and people are yeah. Is is this maybe like one of these games where you sort of get a, a lot of vignettes, and it's sort of across this guy's life, and so one of them is yes, like. They're putting on Fan of the Opera, but it's you know, lots of different shows, different actors coming through, different directors. You know, the place gets refurbished. This guy's like the constant at this theatre. Yep. And it's sort of his story and how he relates to this place um, and his relationship with this building, essentially. Oh, and, and after a while, you know, midway through the game, you can sort of show, you know- him in his prime where, you know, he's lovable and loves all these people and, you know, you can sort of show that it's actually either these actors or these, or these prop handlers that have, have basically ruined, um, ruined his whole look on life because- Or or, or he just, yeah, we should figure out like, why is he so jaded then later on? Why has he become crotchety? Is- because I kind of like this then of, yeah, it, it's his life story, essentially, with his with the theatre as the backdrop. The theatre is a character in itself. I, um, I kind of like the idea that the reason why he's so crotchety is because basically um, there was a- the, um, the cat was actually being mistreated by all these- by all these people, and he sort of saved- saved the cat, and they kept on trying to- trying to steal this cat- Okay. Because then you can sort of show him and the cat sort of bonding at an early age. I mean, it just depends on how much of his life we want to go through because cats only live to like 20 something max. Max. Like, so we'd have to. Probably 16 have, or so. 
uh, I mean, you can have 20, you can have 20 year old cats, but yeah, like it would depend on what phase of his life we'd want to go through then. Cause I was, I was almost thinking you could, you could go all the way back to like, he's a teenager and he gets this job, you know, for the first time taking over from the old caretaker or something or working under the old caretaker. And mm-hmm. I guess we do need to figure out where the cat comes in, but is it more, just one aspect of the story. Maybe there is an inciting incident sort of thing with a cat in at his young age, and then you know, then later on, there's another cat that he gets that becomes his companion. From yeah, like he he 40 saved a cat 60 from or something. He saved a cat from um, Harold and Schrodinger. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Schrodinger's real name was. I'm like I Harold don't even and know Schrodinger. What you're referencing Schrodinger's cat. Oh, I thought you were referencing like some fucking theater thing or something. No, <laughs> I'm All like, right. he, he was going, he was going to open, open this little right. radiation vial, and and you know, <laughs> um, no, but I think I think like exploring his relationships and stuff then too. Like maybe there's a love interest, and like something tragic happens, and that leads into. You know, him getting the cat or something as a replace- Like, not a replacement. <laughs> like, <laughs> My love just died. Oh. <laughs> I've just no, met this I cat. I like, as I'm a way of dealing <laughs> with the tragedy. And then, you know, the latter sort of aspect of the game is- And maybe then you do, like, in some levels get to play the cat. And it is more just these little exploratory scenes of, you know- Perform some jobs, talk to some people, maybe solve- Chase a mouse. Well, when you're the cat, yeah, chase a mouse. But, like, you know, you're walking along the back fence of the thing and you overhear conversations, you know, about the caretaker or something while he's sleeping. I don't know. Like, just you get- It's more about really just, like, setting the scene and telling the story of this guy. Yeah, you you as the player get more information than what the caretaker actually has as such. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you get to play as the cat and therefore the cat has like a little bit of extra. I'm almost- Oh, so this is an interesting- I'm almost picturing, not from a visual style, but just sort of from the way it jumps around, like a Kentucky Route Zero sort of thing, where you're just getting all these little sections of, yeah, of of this life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can come up with new mechanics that- Like, literally, maybe one of the sections is- two actors on the stage and you are choosing their lines or sort of thing, or you are, you know, and you can sort of, you see the caretaker behind the scenes watching this or something, or you know, just like that sort of thing, different ways to explore this space. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that as they're talking, you know, you see um, something up on, up on the wall or something like that, that says, pull, pull this one when they get to this line and pull this one when they get to this line. It changes the scenery in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And that can go a few different ways. If you mess it up, then, you know, and, and that doesn't necessarily have to carry through. It's more just like, here's this little section of this guy's life and it tells you a little bit about him and, and what he's gone through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. We're kind of playing fast and loose with these games tonight. It's good. Yeah. And then, uh, but then, of course, he, like, gets a skateboard and, and grinds down <laughs> the theatre rails and uh, well, onto the, the stage. You know the cat has to at one stage. like <laughs> Yeah, it's the cat. Yeah, the cat's grinding around and uh, he notices <laughs> up in the corner there's a VHS tape for some reason. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so imagining that, 
you know, you're doing combos the whole time. So, so basically as you're going through a scene, like if you do, if you do the right amount of dialogue, like the combo meter's just going up. <laughs> I would love to see a completely serious narrative game that's got a combo meter for no reason. And it's not even clear like what stops a combo or keeps it going. It's just. Oh, we, we know that if you repeat, if you repeat like a conversation, while you while right. you're there, or if you if you don't go onto the next logical talking point and you you sort of break the break the line of conversation, then the combo dies. Oh boy! All right, look, uh, I picked okay. up this this in- inventory item. I talked to this person. and I used this inventory item over here, and you know oh, the combo. I, t- I, I took too long. I tried that inventory item on too many different things. Uh, that, that it said, I don't know what to do with that too many times and break the combo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> I'm going to grab by words from, uh, the old oval of our high school. <laughs> I'm just literally going all over Iceland. <laughs> uh, so my words are wiggle, curious, mercy. Curiosity killed the cat. Um, but unless it was given mercy. Yes. By a wiggle. <laughs> the purple wiggle. The purple the purple wiggle is definitely the darker of the four wiggles. Uh, and not just in hue the, and saturation. I mean, like- there's, there's a reason why they're why they're always sleeping. A curse was placed on them. There's um, also a reason, yeah, well the Maybe we discover the reason why they've switched out a, a couple of the wiggles, like because of this curse. It, it's it's actually because um, the the purple wiggle itself is actually possessed by, like the skivvy itself is actually possessed, oh. and that's what the other that's what the other wiggles are there for. And they've just um, oh, the other wiggles are there to contain the power yes. within the purple skivvy. Yes, and they failed and that, with, and, with well, Jeff, the, and that's why he's not yeah. The only anymore. thing they could do was um, literally, you know, curse Jeff and now Lockie to to fall asleep all the time because that's how you that's uh, how you so contain it the makes beast. It like dormant yes. while they're sleeping, but they're always getting him to wake up. What's that's a bit? What's that about? Um, because if they sleep too long, they um, the malevolent force can actually take over completely. So oh, it's, it's it, they're going to ride that line. Right. Um, Don't get me started on Dorothy the dinosaur either. Like, God. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. There's a reason for all of this. Mm. We're uncovering the conspiracy behind the Wiggles. Yes. And we can't. You know, we can't get too ahead of ourselves. Of course not. So deep in the Australian outback, known as Sydney. <laughs> this was this was this was thousands of years oh, ago. Oh, thousands of years ago. Well, in where Sydney would be. Yes. There was a malevolent force that yes. manifested mm. and lay there dormant for many a millennia. Well, I'm I'm imagining the first peoples, you know, they contained it within they knew, they knew, yes. It was only when the colonizers came, refused their advice yep. of the of of those indigenous Australians 
and were just arrogant enough to put on a purple skivvy <laughs> and go out in front 200 of 200 years later. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there a reason then? What came, I guess, what came first? The demon or the wiggles, like the band? The demon was there first. Well, sorry, I guess I mean, like, did they create the band specifically to contain the demon or did they just, like, start a band and then accidentally realise that they were now in possession or, like, under the thrall of this demon in some way? And then I can, and then I can sort to- of see both. Like, let, let's play out both, both scenarios and see which sure. one fits a little bit better. So, okay, first scenario, demon has always existed and um, the the latest in the line of- of people protect, well, uh, latest in the line of people protecting, um, you know, the world from from the malevolent malevolent force contained mm-hmm. within the purple skivvy. They decided, well, we're kind of bored just sitting here looking at a purple skivvy and making sure it doesn't do anything. Let's just create a band and and like, you know, do something with our time. Right. Okay. Did it start as a kids' band, or uh, was that sort of is that part of what? Like they actually wanted I, to be. I think. I think they realised that the um, the imagination of kids um, could oh, actually contain the the force a lot an better. Effect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you know the kids yelling out "Wake up, Jeff!" and you know he's behind you and all this sort of stuff. You know, it it sort of he's <laughs> behind you takes on a new meaning when there's a malevolent force. Oh, especially because the kids the, the kids actually see like. The malevolent force. Oh, that's that part is, of it. That is Captain Feathersword. If it Feathersword. starts to escape, <laughs> if it starts to escape and get too powerful, that's when the kids go and, you know, it's behind you and point out. It's like, okay, time to go back to sleep, Jeff. <laughs> or later, Lockie. Yeah. After the tragic Wake- demise <laughs> of Jeff. <laughs> so, okay, where do we, where do we come into this whole um, sequence of events in the game? Okay, I think what's just happened is um we're we're at the end of the of the tour where okay. um Jeff has just been taken over by the malevolent force and taken basically over. So taken over. So after they've been so spending time trying he's to He's pretty like- much um if you think of Ghostbusters how like um, you know, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis get like possessed yeah. uh, and turn into, you know, the gatekeeper or the key master and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm picturing that, you know, it's just the aftermath of that. Like the, um, you see a little bit in the prologue and all it's right. sort of like it's the I end. I like of the it. idea then that you play as both Lockie and Emma, mm-hmm. or maybe you can choose. And it's it's like an adventure story where you're coming to like uh, you essentially have to fight off Jeff now, who has now been taken over completely by this demon force. Mm-hmm. And but of course, it ends with like Lockie having to sacrifice himself and put on the skivvy and yep. go. Okay, now this burden is mine. Yeah. Um. And and Emma obviously joins to like I think the yellow the uh, the previous yellow wiggle. Um. Sam. Who Sam? then turned into Greg? It was Greg first, then Sam, then Greg again. Oh, really? 
Yeah. That's confusing. Let's just pretend that that didn't happen. Uh, let's just have <laughs> so, the yellow wiggle die off uh, in the in the process, <laughs> and Emma no. takes over. Don't kill Greg. <laughs> Um, didn't he have, oh no, that was Anthony, I think, that had like a heart attack or something. Um, but there's got to be a reason why Anthony is still around. Like, he's definitely a vampire or something. Like, he's immortal. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, ro- he, he's someone. Well, he's, he's a cyborg. Is that what you're, like, he's a, I, no. were you about to say he's a robot? <laughs> no, I was oh. going to say he's somewhat like a reverse vampire in the fact that, or a daywalker or something like that, you know, <laughs> because right, he's okay. always out, out with kids and, and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering, like, if he's out of the sunlight for too long. He starts to turn <laughs> to dust. <laughs> You go to you, you go to like Wiggle Mansion or whatever, and and like his um, coffin is just like a UV bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's how come his teeth are so white. <laughs> I don't remember Sam at all. I remember all the other previous ones. I forgot about Murray. Anyway. Um- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now, I'm sorry, we need to go deeper, though, because why is Dorothy there? <laughs> also- Wags Captain the Feather- dog. Captain Feathersword, Captain Feathersword is a very important part of this, Well, I'm Well, sure. you, know, you know that Captain Feathersword isn't actually there. He's, oh, he's, he's like a the- figment. He's the figment of, of everyone's imagination. Like, Oh, wait, th- is this actually canon? Oh, I think, I think it's like- um, the the manifestation, you know, the, the, the much discussed wheels cannon, <laughs> the manifestation of the purple entity is like you always see like this this weird pirate with a feather sword. Oh, I thought and- you were saying like literally in real life they've established that Captain Feathersword is a figment in some <laughs> way, like Snuffleupagus or something. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> There's a crossover with the <laughs> No, that's too many characters. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Captain, so Captain Feathersword, yes, is sort of he's he's a, essentially a um, Tyler Durden kind of character. Then for whoever is wearing the purple skivvy at that time, yeah. Um, always, always telling you know Lockie or well now Lockie, but always telling Jeff, you know. Don't go to sleep. Yeah. Ahoy! That's why he's tickling him. That's why he tickles him to keep him awake. <laughs> yes, fight it. <laughs> he needs to, he needs to go to sleep to put it back at bay, but then if he sleeps too long, then it can totally take over. <laughs> yeah, it's a balance. Like while he's awake, it's sort of trying it's fighting he's constantly fighting it while he's awake. So he does have to sleep, otherwise he his or, mind just gets too exhausted and it will take over. Or is the reason why they're trying to wake him up all the time because if he does fall asleep then the then Captain Feathersword, the purple entity, will take over the body completely. So the whole thing is do not oh, let I was kinda Jeff- thinking Feathersword is like a minion of the like a sort of uh, a manifestation of, of yeah. I mean I guess it's part of it, yeah. I, I I'm now I'm backtracking on what we said. Um the reason why they're always waking up Lockie and always waking up Jeff is because you can't let the purple skivvy guy go to sleep. Okay. If they okay. go to sleep, they can be taken over. They let their guard down and yeah. And any time it happens on stage, literally they go, oh, fuck, uh, wake up, Lockie. 
<laughs> it was never supposed to be part of the part of the act. It's never part of the act. The kids will play along now because they think it is, and it helps. Like that's why they have to constantly be touring uh, because it's the only way to like keep the energy up. All right, so you play. You okay, play you, you go. You go into Wiggles Mansion as as Lockie and Emma and, and Simon. <laughs> I already said that before. Oh, I missed like, that. I'm um, just so you- picturing these like giant fucking wags the dog and Dorothy the dinosaur statues, like oh holding yeah, up, holding up the ceiling of this mansion. Yeah. Um, so, so you go in there and you go to Jeff's room, and it's like you know how there's, there's no bed. There's- <laughs> a, there's no bed. B, there's these speakers everywhere, and it's just pumping out music, like. It's like one of those like twenty four chamber. It's, like it's the opposite lights. of the quietest room in the world. It's the most loudest room in the world. In the fact that, like, that's how they keep him awake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they lock him in the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like we said, so the, so you come in as they they've they've failed. They've managed yep. to do it for like fucking fifteen years or whatever. Yep. Um. Finally, Jeff has succumbed to the demon force, <laughs> the ancient demon force. The mansion is half destroyed, and Lockie and Emma are demon hunters. <laughs> they, they come. They come in thinking, you know, that um, the Wiggles themselves are, are completely hundred percent evil. They came in to kill the Wiggles. Yes, they came. And then in- it turns out that you know. Um, this whole this whole thing, you know, the the old guard of of Anthony, you know, the reason why, he, you know, is kind of like the um <laughs> that uh, that character from uh what's it called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, you know, you chose poorly and all this sort of stuff. He's he's like that sort he's of character. Sort of he can't guardian. actually yeah he can't actually interact with anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All he can do, yeah. So anytime that um, any anytime that you see him with a guitar and all that sort of stuff, that's just a figment of your imagination. Um, he doesn't actually interact with anything, but he can be seen. He can he can sort of talk and all this sort of stuff. But if you actually have a look, like I swear they've done some really really good, um, like uh, what's it called, animation where he goes to eat something. And you know that that fruit salad, that was all digital. It wasn't yummy yummy at all. No. It wasn't even existent. No, it was a Neither bit Neither was the mashed storm. potato. It was a storm of bits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yep. Uh, Emma, Emma and Lockie come in as demon hunters. No, well, actually, what I was maybe thinking is they're essentially like conspiracy theorists. They've been tracking the Wiggles. They've been yep. noticing all this weird behaviour behind them, and they're like- these- And all these mysterious deaths that happen in the town that- In the towns where they're touring, yeah. They've got their, like, big wall of, like, tracking their tours and the newspaper articles of the people who have mysteriously died uh, nearby, and they're here to put a stop to it. Yeah. But they just happen to show up essentially at the time when this demon has has finally taken over Jeff and the rest of the wheels kind of- Explain to them what happened, yep. what's happening, and then it's and then it's like they're joining the fight. Yeah. So, so I- is it kind of like an alone in the dark? You know, the first one where you're sort of sneaking through the mansion, and you know, you're literally trying to find where where Jeff is. 
in the mansion. I think it's a mix of of that style, but then with a more action, some more action based stuff as well. Yeah, um, kind of like a, a cross between you know, you've Resident Evil. Um, I'm thinking more Resident Evil Seven or so, where you, or even mm. like a Resident Evil Four. Where you Four, get like maybe, the, yeah, the, the behind still behind the third the, person, I think, yeah, but it doesn't uh, have those tank controls. So yeah, you get that third person. You're sort of sneaking through. Um, there's a couple of. I'm almost, I'm almost uh, getting vibes of like control as well of like exploring this weird space and. Uh, maybe not as combat Ooh. heavy as that. Maybe I'm imagining all the, all the reality warping sort of stuff that's actually happening, and and it's actually been contained within Wiggle Mansion because of all the ancient spells that are that are like engraved well, around the outside. Absolutely, like the reason they even live in this spot is because for thousands of years, you know, there's all been, been these rituals to keep this thing at bay. Oh, when you break down in, into the into the basement. There's all the original cave paintings and all that sort of stuff from the first people, and like, yeah, they're not. They haven't enough. Some of them depicting a big red car. Yes, part of it. Okay. Now, the biggest question of all: How do we bring combos into this? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the big red car. There you go. When they when they track that down, you've got a whole sequence. Of comboing the big red car. <laughs> keep flipping the big red car. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep flipping. They've got the big red skateboard. <laughs> beep, beep, chugga, chugga, kick flip it. <laughs> oh boy. Um I could I could explore that forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think well, just to, just to obviously wrap it up, um, you know, you go through this stealth action game, you experience the incredibly tragic death of the the current uh, or previous Yellow Wiggle. Um, who was that? Greg? Did you say Greg? <laughs> yeah. Greg dies uh, in tragic circumstances. You know, Emma takes on the the mantle of the Yellow Wiggle and puts her bow, you know, in her hair and. With a great, you know, heavy heart, moves forward and takes that takes that on, uh, and then yeah, you get to the grand finale where they take down, uh, you know, they they take this down and you think they're done, you think they've captured this demon again, and the other Wiggles are like, no, like Jeff's dead, Jeff was consumed, <laughs> but we still need someone. Oh, God. We still need someone to wear the purple skivvy and keep this thing at bay, and like Lockie just steps up. Steps up and you, you sort of see him standing there and he's looking out and then you see like a flash of feathers in his eyes or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, bas- basically, oh, this, oh, this new soul can I, un- I just went to his Wikipedia page. He started as Captain Feathersword <laughs> on tour. <laughs> um, Okay, just just to be a hundred percent sure, we we know that the Wiggles are, are a good wholesome, like, um, kids band, and there hasn't been a whole heap of murders and that sort of stuff. This is we are legally obliged to to say that this did not happen. It did. Um, it did. Yeah. <laughs> we were there. 
<laughs> this is why Emma and Lockie split up. She couldn't put up with his- <laughs> With his demonic. evil ways. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so horrible. <laughs> okay, uh, my last words are rule book, searchable, density. Hmm. You are my density. <laughs> it wasn't destiny. <laughs> no, when he couldn't, when he said it wrong, he said density. Okay, density rulebook and what? Searchable. Searchable. I'm sort of picturing some sort of puzzly sort of game that just has a ton of rules. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. Where the the, the whole puzzle is sort of figuring out which rules apply at any certain point. It's almost like deciphering legalese, but in a fun way. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, kind of like keep talking, no one explodes, except it's a single player game that you're 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 going okay. This thing is happening here. Oh, I, I remember something about, you know, when the button is blue that something must happen and you and you have a look and it tells you which dialogue options you need to choose in, in the order to keep yeah. the combo going. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Can't hear it. Good. You'll hear it when you edit. Um, <laughs> you'll have to turn the volume all the way up. No, okay. I, I, I like this idea less around the sort of button pushing that, yeah, that yeah. Keep Talking Nobody Explodes is around. Uh, but, yes, exploring. And you know what it feels like? It feels like a Zachtronics game. Mm. Where yep. you you create these systems, you put these very complex kind of systems in place that aren't necessarily tied in directly to anything real world, although you know probably inspired by. But um, and and then yes, it's sort of deciphering those in some way by searching through these rule books, looking things up, uh, you know, typing in the correct keywords to find the page. Essentially, it's what I do in my day job, looking up documentation for programming, uh, but yep. in a game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So, what I'm imagining is the MacGuffin, as it were, that you're looking for is like the densest um, sub- uh, substance on the planet. Basically, there was a meteor that sort of struck Earth and it created a massive hole in the hole in the ground, and it was the tiniest thing. Okay. It's kind of like if you remember Futurama, Nibbler's poop. I do. Which is extremely yes. heavy and yeah. Dense, yes. Dense. So, uh, I like the idea of, of having that as the MacGuffin that you're sort of looking for. And when you get close to it, it's got sort of like reality warping things in which um, it seems to be able to change, like, the rules of the universe. Oh, oh, okay. And that's where the rules come in. Yeah. Now, you happen to have, like, the book that you've got happens to, um, you know, update Always with the reflects. latest version. Yeah. Always reflect what the current version of the rules are, and those rules could be something something along the lines of simply gravity, or or whether um, you know walls actually have density or they don't anymore, and you can just walk through them. Um, Interesting. I kind of like so- the idea of being able to sort of use. You walk into a room and you check the rule book, and it's like um, any any uh, wood covered floor. Um, now now has you know no density and you you can fall right through it because gravity is like x 
strong I do like this as kind of a puzzle game then. Of, yeah. Yeah, like any area you're in, the, the usual solutions, you know, you need to unlock a door. You need to get into it. Or you need to unlock a, yeah, like a-, a In this a, room, Fisher keys. A suit. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, and so it's, it's, it's essentially the normal things that you do in a game like this don't make any sense because you have to check the rules and see what's changed, what's altered. Yep. Is this it could be world- some- it could be something as simple everyone then it could be something as simple as your fire button is now a jump button and your jump button is now a fire button sort of thing oh, like you even go that meta I was sort of picturing it more internally consistent and and keeping it within universe but because I'm almost picturing this now as a as a bit of a like a point click adventure game but of course there's almost a it's almost a meta thing it's almost a commentary on like the weird point and click adventure game puzzles. Yeah, but now they now there's a reason for them. Now there's a reason for you to unlock a door with a fish, like because it literally just says it in the rules that fish can unlock doors. <laughs> yeah, um, for this room. But yes. I feel like at the same time you're exploring this world where all this weird shit is happening, and and finding out from these other people like what they're feeling about it too, because it's they're experiencing it as well. You're you, you're the only one with the rule book. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, like reality, is just twisting and bending around them. Okay, so when it when this dense material crashed to Earth, did it sort of break break through like the reality barrier, and you actually kind of got like the game manual from outside, but it's it's now digitally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have a manual for the game that you are inside. Yes. Going wholly meta, but it's like um, when when these reality things sort of shake, you know, the the size of the manual may change or, you know, the colour of the manual may change slightly. So, you know, oh, there's been a rule change from that last room sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how it reconciles. Like, there's almost two different things happening here. Yeah. That, like, the dense object is twisting reality, but at the same time has brought this game manual in, in here, which also twists with reality. But that's yeah. fine. Um, Doesn't have to make uh, sense. It's, the game's I never going to exist. <laughs> it's a reality twisting uh, dense nibbler shit. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I do like exploring- I do like that idea of, of yeah, going sort of through a point-and-click adventure where, yes, those rules change. You might- you go into another room. I think maybe your inventory stays the same. Mm-hmm. Like, once you pick something up, it won't shift. But, obviously, the rules around what that thing can do might shift. Yeah. Uh, and so, I think you can- you can- re- it is really this searching thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to go into a new room. There's a puzzle here. I have to, you know, get past this guard and he wants- I don't know, a cup of tea. And I'm holding, you know, a pair of keys, a set of keys and whatever. But if you bring up the book and, like, search the book or you go to the index, right, and you search for keys and then you go to the keys thing and, like, the page for keys and, yeah, it says, like, keys can make tea or whatever. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, you, 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 you'll you, find clues to what you can do in, in particular room by- Keys are a lovely beverage that, that usually gets placed- uh, You place the key in hot water and out comes a lovely- <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> lovely right? beverage. 
And you wouldn't have known that unless you looked it up because you happened to have a pair of keys. And it's not like you go to a different room then and look. Like, if you didn't hadn't picked up the keys yet, you're not going to look at that puzzle and say, oh, I need to go and get the keys that I saw. And, of course, that room. only works in the in the kitchen. When you go yes, to the living exactly. room. Like, it's literally every different room. When you go when you go to the living room, keys cut, you know, like a knife. Yeah, well, if that, that's it. You could have multiple uses for them. And then that, that brings in a whole other layer of puzzles where- well, I, I need to use the keys both here and here. And maybe there's a way that you can like shift what a rule means or something as a, as a mechanic as well. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's fun. That it's it is pretty mind bending. And I'd hate to have to actually try to write it, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll leave that up to the, uh, the eventual, you know, in, in the ultimate alternate dimension where that this game was made, uh, they can fucking deal with it. <laughs> we just we just gave them the manual. <laughs> they can steal it from this from this podcast. Well, if that's how the game ends, is you make the game within that reality based on the manual. Yeah, it becomes circular. <laughs> Definitely, robbers. And, and then that manual falls through a hole in reality into the start of the game. Uh, all right, my brain's blowing up, so I think we'll end it there. If you want to find us online, listen to all of our previous episodes. They're not all quite as weird as this, um, but some of them are, if you enjoyed it. So, go look for those. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our previous episodes are there. You can also check out our credits, uh, one of which was up recently. Go and listen to us on Comedy Rewind, talking about Clerks 2. Yes. And also, we would love to thank... Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Wake up, Trevor. I can't believe that I took over from Lockie. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Trevor, ah, you're the new purple ah, wiggle. ah, 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 Such ah, a burden ah, to bear. ah, ah.